The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. Welcome to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCoon. I serve as pastor of Zion Church. We're a congregation of believers who trust in the simple message of God's sovereign grace, where families come together to worship God in spirit and in truth through the simplicity of preaching, praying, and singing. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. If you live in the Gordo area or if you are visiting in the area, please join us for worship. We meet every Sunday at 1030 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on the first and third Wednesday evenings at 630 p.m. Today, we're posting a message by Brother Kenneth Nowell, who has been exercising a gift under the authority of Piney Grove Primitive Baptist Church in Headland, Alabama. In this message, Brother Kenneth preaches to us about the great cloud of witnesses that surrounds us, not just the saints of old, but those around us who are steadfast and faithful every day. Join us for this encouraging message about faith and faithfulness. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you enjoy. After the song, please stay tuned for another message of God's sovereign grace from the Zion Primitive Baptist Church pulpit. chapter 12 we'll see uh, Hebrews chapter 12 begins in the first verse is wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us since we've got a cloud of witnesses well, obviously, over in chapter 11, we have this uh, cloud of witnesses right here, the ones that are strong in the faith, faith in our Lord and Savior, faith that God would uh, deliver them, sail them through. But don't we all have some of those witnesses in our lives? Don't we all? Can't you even think of somebody, some of those dear old sisters or dear old brethren, those, those faithful pillars of the church? 
those that were here every time the doors were open. Every time they were able. Sometimes it was even a struggle for them to come. Sister Lorena, I appreciate you so much because this church got down to one member. But it's the faithfulness of God's people. The faithfulness of God's people. Those are the pillars of the church. Because why were they able to stand? They were able to stand because they were standing on a firm foundation. And that firm foundation we need to lay hold to. We need to hold on to that. So we have those great cloud of witnesses that are with us. And we see what their life is like. We see what they're doing. One of the things that they're doing is what's written here is laying aside every weight. We heard a great exhortation about forgiveness. That's one of the biggest things about forgiving. Like Brother Isaac said, when you forgive somebody, that thing, the fault, doesn't go away. But it's a release. Because if you're sitting there bitter and angry towards somebody, what good is that doing to them? <laughs> you're not doing a thing to them. Even if you sit there and fold your arms and look dirty at them every single time you see them. You're not doing a thing. Our forgiveness... It's release. That's why he said, lay aside every weight. We carry around so much baggage. We carry around so much luggage with us in this life. Because at the last part of this verse, it says, let us run the race that is set before us. But how do we run that race? With patience. Because this race that he's talking about, this is our life. It's not a hundred yard dash. No, this is like a marathon. This is our life. How we run our life. But we have to lay aside Every weight. And the sin which does easily beset us. Doesn't it easily beset you? I hope I'm not alone here, right? Because <laughs> it easily besets me. And it gets me down. But that, thanks be unto God, we have the church. We have the Lord's church. A place that we can come with like-minded individuals. Seeking a, a higher purpose. Seeking the one who made the very foundation of the world. In verse 2, how are we supposed to run this race? With patience, obviously, laying aside every weight. But verse 2, looking unto who? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, don't you know that joy that was set before him? Because he was about to enter back into glory. Back into the fellowship with his father face to face like he had enjoyed before. That's the joy that was set before him. Brothers and sisters, we heard about the resurrection this morning. Don't you know that is a joy that is set between all God's children? That one day, one day, there's coming a day, right? There's coming a day when we're going to see our Lord and Savior face to face. You know, I've heard a lot of times people say, well, I've got thousands of questions I'm going, to, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask, or this, or, you know, we're going to ask this, we're going to ask that, and I want, I want to see all those pearly gates, I want to see that street paved with gold. Let's be honest. I think the first thing we're going to say when we get to heaven is, it's more beautiful than anything we can think of. My daddy has a phrase that he likes to say all the time, the best is yet to come. Amen. That's the joy that is set before us. 
So like it says here in verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Don't you love the accuracy of the King James language? God, Jesus was set down. You know how when you set a table, you put things in their proper place. God, Jesus Christ's proper place is on the right hand of the Father. And he was set down. And why did he sit down? Because he had finished the work. You know, in the Old Testament temple, you know, in the Old Testament, in the tabernacle or in the temple, you know, that place when the priest was able to go back into the holiest of holies, there was no place to sit down. There was the mercy seat, yes, but there was no place to sit down because the priest's job was never finished. That's something that had a picture of the sacrifices they had to do over and over and over, year after year after year. Never finished, but by one man, Jesus Christ, finished that work and accomplished what he came to do. So because we have these promises, because we have this before us, we have that promise that one day we'll be with him. Whether we close our eyes in death and awaken his presence or on that resurrection day, we have that promise. So it says, Wherefore, seeing we also encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, these people that we know, these people over here in Hebrews chapter 11, or these people that we know, those good solid pillars of the church, those wonderful brothers and sisters that were faithful to come to church, to try to stand here and keep these doors open. You know, because we have the promise that the Word of God is here, we have the promise that where one or two or two or three are gathered together in his name, he'll be with us. But if we get to that point where we let things slip, you know, I like to think about church in Ephesus. What did the Lord tell them over in Revelation? I have somewhat against thee. You know, he said they had some good works. They did some good things. But the Lord said, I have somewhat against thee. Thou hast left thy first love left the first love scriptures tell us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness aren't you thankful that the scriptures say seek ye first not seek ye only I mean because I would be failing miserably more than I am now seek ye first putting a priority on it is that your priority, that every time the doors of this church are open, to be here? Now, I understand there are, there are circumstances where people cannot be here. I get that. I'm not trying to say if you're never here, if you're not here tonight, you're, you know, you're in trouble. There are circumstances where it's, it's just not easy to come. But if we are able, if we're strong enough, if there's nothing that's out of our realm of what we can do to hinder us to come we need to be here we need to be right here in the church it's so needful do you think the Lord knew what he was doing when he set up the church yes obviously we need this time together we need this time to be together that's one of the things I think was so frustrating about the whole COVID thing was just you know keeping people apart 
Now, obviously, we need to be smart. We need to be discerning. If you're sick, stay home, obviously. I don't want you being here breathing on me when I'm you know, sick or anything. But like I said, when we're able, be here. Or be at your home church. Or wherever the Lord's people are meeting. Even if they're meeting on the riverbank somewhere. Just praying. That's the only place they have to meet. You know, I tell you, some, there's people over in other countries that are just absolutely rejoicing at this doctrine. They're absolutely rejoicing at the Word of God. They'll sit, they'll walk for miles to come and sit on a split log and listen to preaching as long as somebody will preach to them. But here in America, it's hard enough to get somebody to come into an air-conditioned building sitting on a padded pew and listen to somebody talk and preach the gospel for maybe an hour, 45 minutes. I mean, let's not get crazy. But, you know. <laughs> That's why we have to lay aside these things. Lay aside these things and run our race with patience. You know, over in uh, 2 Timothy 2 and 3, Paul would tell us to endure hardness as a good soldier. That's the thing about a good soldier. A good soldier is supposed to be able to endure hardness, right? That's what they're trained for. That's what they're supposed to be able to do. That's why I said a good soldier. He didn't say just a soldier. He, no, he said a good soldier, right? One that's not given often to complain so much. Now, I used to know some of them. And there were some days that I, I was one of those. <laughs> but we're to endure hardness. He's a good soldier. Because we're soldiers of the cross, right? We're supposed to be. Uh, 1 Timothy 6 and 12, uh, he talks about fighting the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Stand firm on these principles. Stand firm on the Word of God. I talked earlier about the foundation that, uh, that those pillars of the church are standing on. It's that solid rock, Jesus Christ. That's the foundation that we need to cling to. That's the foundation that cannot be destroyed. Uh, Psalm 11 verse 3 says, For if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Don't we see that today? Don't we see the foundations being crumbled around us? You know, this, the evils of this world are just trying to chip away at some of the foundations we have brick by brick. We see the things creeping into this country. We see the things creeping into our school system. We see the things creeping into our families and even in the church. Brethren, we need to stand firm on these principles. We need to stand firm. What Paul would say, stand fast, right? Hold the line. Endure hardness as a good soldier. Hold that line. Because if we don't, who will? Now, Brother Chris, you mentioned something about you and Brother Buddy, the old guard, right? Well, if y'all are the old guard, then it's time for us to step up and say you are relieved. We'll take over. We'll take this. Like that race of running with a baton, hand it off. Let somebody carry it on. I don't want y'all to go anywhere, I'm serious. I want y'all to stick around, but... <laughs> But when we have reached the end of our time, we've reached the, close to the end of our race, it's time for somebody else to step up. It's time for somebody else to stand and bridge that gap. 
That's one of the things that's so burned upon my heart here lately is about teaching and training up the younger generation. They need to be taught. I need to be taught these things. Because if, I don't, if I'm not taught properly, how am I supposed to stand? How am I supposed to face the world? We have the instruction here in the Word of God that can help us in whatever situation will come up. You know, there's, uh, Solomon would say there's nothing new under the sun. Well, the scoffers would say, well, they didn't have iPhones back then. I know that. And God knows that. But how people act and how people are, there's nothing new under the sun. So we know and we have a promise in Scripture that men will just wax worse and worse. Things are just going to get worse and worse. That's why it's all the more reason for us to stand firm on that firm foundation. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, one thing the righteous need to do is remember that our Lord is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And He is there making intercession for us. We have that promise that one day we'll be with Him. That's why Paul would say, lay hold on eternal life. Paul's not saying you have to lay hold on to it to receive eternal life. No, lay hold on to it. Let that be your hope that one day I will be with Jesus. That so what if they snuff out my very life, I'll awake in his presence. And that same Jesus, same God that was with my parents, delivered them through this life, and has delivered me thus far. He'll be there for my children. And he's there for all the generations to come. I don't know how long we're going to be on this world. You know, we're in the last days. I mean, the last days could last another two millennia. I don't know. But I do have a promise that one day we'll be with him. So because we have that promise. Because we have all these witnesses around us. Let us... Lay aside every weight. Forgiveness is one of those weights, and we heard that. I'm not, I'm not going to go into all that because we heard a good one on that. Forgiveness. It's very needful, right? Lay aside every weight. Well, what's another weight that we have? Sometimes, you know, we have to take things to the Lord, right? Sometimes we have to confess our sins. Some people don't want to confess their sins because, well, I guess they're scared that they're going to acquaint God with something, right? You're not going to acquaint him with anything. He already knows. You know, I, I was able to sneak by and get the, some stuff around my mom and daddy's back a few times when I was growing up. But you're not going to pull a fast one on God. He already knows. But why should we confess our sins? Again, it's like forgiveness. It's that release. It's that confessing. It's that Lord... I've done this. I've done you wrong. It eases the conscience. It's those burdens. It's those weights that we're carrying around with us. You know, if you're going to out try to run a race or something like that, the last thing you're going to do is start putting on weights, right? Well, I don't know about CrossFit, some folks. I've I seen some of them. Though. But if you're actually trying to run a race, right? Let's go with the analogy, guys. Come on. <laughs> you're wanting to try to get rid of those weights. Trying to get rid of some of this stuff, this baggage that you're carrying around. This old sin nature of mine and of yours, we have it. There's nothing I can do about it, right? It's going to be with me. 
But I can suppress it and I can not feed it, right? Not feed the flesh, if you will. <clears throat> I heard an analogy one time of some Native Americans were talking about the, uh, the wolves. You had a good wolf and a bad wolf that lived within you. And the man said, well, what, you know, which one's going to win out the fight? He says, the old wise man said, the one you feed the most. The one you feed the most. That's, that's a little different. I'm not, not trying to say we're, you know, thinking of those spirit animals or anything like that. But, I mean, it's, it's a good analogy about the flesh side of the spirit. Which one are you feeding the most? Well, most of the time, we're not in the church house of God. Most of the time, that's just one day out of the week or maybe two. The rest of the time, we're in the world. And this flesh is there also. How much of the world are we taking in? Or how much are we taking in of the Word of God? Just like this glass of water. You fill it up with water. If you want to put something else in it, you've got to empty something. Let's empty the world out so we can be filled with Christ. Talking about the, uh, the times that are changing, times that are come, and what we can do over in Romans chapter 13, in verse 11, Paul would write and said, And that, knowing the time, now it is high time. What is high time? <laughs> Just before it's too late, right? <laughs> now that it's high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation nearer than when we believed. Isn't that a wonderful thought to think about? When you wake up in the morning, you say, Well, Lord, you didn't come yesterday. But your coming is closer than it was yesterday. Keep that in your mind. That's one of those things, that joy that is set before you. Uh, verse 12, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness or clamoring or wantonness, not in strife or envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. You know, we have a lot of choices to make in this lifetime. Amen. And how our life is, circumstances that we find ourselves, sometimes it's a result of those choices. You know, I wish some of these people that are complaining about their mom and daddies did this and their mom and daddies did that, sometimes, you know what, you have to look at it and say, look, I'm in a bad situation because I made bad choices. Right. Amen. Yeah. Own it. Sometimes we just make bad choices. But if we're looking to the Word of God, if we're trying to run our race with patience, laying aside all these weights, looking unto Jesus, brother, those are good choices. And He'll help you make better choices. The Lord can impress upon your heart. If you've got a decision to make and you're warring inside, which, which side do I need to go? Do I need to go this way or do I need to go that way? Pray about it. Ask the Lord. Why should the Lord, you know, I, I hate the analogy of people using God as a spare tire. No. We need to think that first. When we have a decision to make first, take it to God. Take it to the Lord. That's how you're looking to Jesus. 
Another thing about running this race, you can't win a race if you're running the other way. You have to be running forward, right? That's the thing about the armor of God over in Ephesians chapter 6, all that armor. If you see the helmet and the breastplate, all the armor, the shield, the sword, it's all for the front. Why is it for the front? What about my back? Brethren, if you're facing the battle armed with the armor of God, the Lord has your back. We can move forward. And that's how we're supposed to be. Always abounding in the kingdom, moving forward. That's why we have to press into it. There's opposition in this world. But the Lord has given us something to use, right? <laughs> All that armor over in Ephesians chapter 6. That's where I want to go right now. Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10. <laughs> Paul will say, finally, right? But he's not done, right? <laughs> like a good old Baptist preacher, right? Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be ye strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's another thing about music, uh, choices that we have in our day. If we're trying to go at it at our own strength, we're going to fail. That's why we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And the verse 11 says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, to stand. Stand fast. Hold the line. Lord has given us the tools we need. Let's lay hold to those tools. That's the, that's the biggest message about the armor of God. Is put it on. What good is it going to do you if you don't put it on? Now, I'm thankful that it's not a physical thing of armor that we have to arm ourselves with. You know, I remember when we do training over the military, we had to put all that battle gear on and stuff like that. Stuff weighs a ton, seems like. I'm thankful it's not like that. But if you have to, in your mind, think about it. Go through those pieces of armor. And said, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to arm myself for the day. Because the Lord has given us tools to help us. Talking about that shield of faith. Started off talking about that faith. Having faith that he's got our back. That he's with us. Trying to move forward and not back. Don't retreat. There's already been too much retreat as there is. There's things creeping into our churches that we, we, we cannot allow. You know, Jesus come preaching forgiveness of sins and, and love. I don't hear one time where he said anything about acceptance. There's some things that we just don't accept. Now, I'm not saying we have to actually go out in there and punch people in the nose that are doing wrong, okay? Let's not do that. That's not in the scriptures. <laughs> but we don't have to go along with it. We don't have to allow it in this building. Hold the line. 
Stand fast. So laying hold on eternal life and put on the armor of God. But that verse 13 says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Brethren, if we're arming ourselves with the armor of God, standing on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, there's a lot of things that He'll help us accomplish. But if we're standing on these other things, putting our trust in uncertain riches, or putting our trust into somebody, those are the foundations that will crumble. Those are foundations that will not stand. Jesus said, He that heareth these sayings of mine and what? Doeth them. I liken to him as a wise man that buildeth his house upon a rock. Well, we've already heard about the rock, Jesus Christ. Let us build our life on him. And now while we're building, we're running that race, right? Our life is a race. Let's lay aside all these weights, all these things. You know, Satan loves to come and behind you, whisper in your ear, do you remember what you did last year? Or do you remember what you did a few years back? Can't you just hear him? One of his favorite tools is discouragement. And he'll use it. He'll use it mightily. Because the devil has power. More powerful than I am. That's why we have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That's the thing about arming ourselves with this armor so we'll be able to stand against the evil day. So when we're about to run our race, each and every morning, let us take some time and spend some time with the Lord. You know, that's the the thing we can do. We can spend time with God. You know, I love to to sit and visit with people and have a good cup of coffee in the morning. But I tell you, you can spend some time with God. You can spend some time with Him. And especially bring Him with you. You know, that's the thing about the church house. If we don't feel much spirit hit, how many people brought Him with them? Now, that's a failure on my part sometimes. I forget to bring the Lord. But thanks be unto God we have the church. Because this is supposed to be a place where if I'm down and out, I can come. And there's supposed to be folks here that's supposed to help and encourage. Give an encouraging word, a handshake, a hug, something. And if you're riding high on the mountaintops, the Lord's blessed you and you're just feeling good, please come to church. (laughs) Because you can be one of those encouragers. See, the Lord knew what he was doing. <laughs> I love the church. You know, there's sometimes I think about in my life when I'm, I didn't love the church as much as I should have. That's to my shame. But then again, thinking about laying aside every weight. Those are the past. I don't live in the past. I live now. I can lay aside those weights and move forward, always looking forward, always looking unto Jesus, adorning this armor that he's given us. So when the evil days come, I'm able to stand. 
So, brothers and sisters, we need to train up the younger generation, strengthen our churches, strengthen our... You know, it's not so much about, uh, it's not so much about numbers. I mean, yes, we'd love to have a house full. But what about the members we do have? What about the members we have? Let us strengthen ourselves in the Lord, reading His Word, and following His commandments. Because those are how we're going to be able to stand when the evil day comes. So, wherefore, we are so compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let it be this church. Let it be every member here. Let them be those great cloud of witnesses that some people will see and some people will remember. They were faithful to come. They were faithful to be there whenever the doors were open. And never for one second take this place for granted. Because like Church of Ephesus, the Lord said repent or else what? He'd come quickly and remove the candlestick. You know that church house, the building, the church of Ephesus, it's still there. It's still standing. It's in Turkey. You can actually go and see the building. But where's the church? Let it never be named among this place that you can go and visit the building, but the church is not there. It's up to us to hold the line, stand fast, and remember those good pillars of the church. Why don't we become a pillar of the church or at least help the load? But it has to be standing on a firm foundation. There's no greater foundation than Jesus Christ and Him crucified. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com.